Shall I just pray quickly? Lord, thank you for that peace. Peace, perfect peace, in this dark world of sin. May those who are at uh, war with you, even in this place tonight, find peace in Christ. And we pray for, our, for the Middle East again. Lord, we ask for peace in Ukraine and beyond. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, it's lovely to be here this evening. Uh, let's turn to Jeremiah 8, the chapter I read with you. And my text, you've probably guessed, is that question which the prophet utters in a dark day. Verse 22, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no balm in Gilead? Last week, I was being driven home uh, by my friend, uh, many of you know him, and the M4 was closed. It was already very late, a gloomy night. It was even colder than tonight. And the mist was rolling in, and we took a side road off the M4 up around Coitsy. And I don't know if you're familiar with that area in Coitsy. Out of the midst, mist, it was quite graphic really, a chapel suddenly appeared and uh, the name that stood out on that chapel was Gilead, Gilead. And I wasn't feeling very well and forgive the person <laughs> and it was very misty and I, we can breathe a sigh of relief for the balm of Gilead there was that sign underneath which read, under the same management for 2,000 years. But <laughs> it's funny how the Lord speaks. And, but it's that word, Gilead, that drew me. Gilead. I'm aware that two years ago, our pastor took us to this chapter, didn't he? At the end of COVID, part of the gospel gems in Jeremiah. And yet we find ourselves returning to Gilead this evening. If you're new to the church and to the Bible, you may be uncertain about what I'm talking about at this minute. Just bear with me, bear with me. There is relevance to these words tonight. You may be puzzled how this book written 600 or so years before the birth of Jesus Christ has anything to do with me here this evening. How does a balm or an aloe, or a medicine, whatever you want to call it, from a squabbled over area of the Middle East, have anything to do with us here in Cardiff in 2023? Is there no balm in Gilead? This is history. If you've got your Bible, just turn to chapter 1, and verses 2 and 3, we're given the exact historical setting in which Jeremiah spoke. Verse 2, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, you remember him, some of you from Sunday school, the son of Ammon, or Ammon, king of Judah. In the thirteenth year of his reign, it came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Notice how specific this is. Until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until that great event, the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. 
These words that we get in this chapter erected before the nation was carried away into the Babylonian captivity. The books of Lamentation, Jeremiah, very grim in many ways. It shows how God looks and deals with a people, you might even say a culture as well, that knew him, who were privy to his words, to his actions, but then turned away from him. Ring any bells? This evening, I want to consider briefly three things. There's a dark diagnosis in this chapter, using medical terms now. We're near the Heath Hospital. Secondly, a promise in prescription. And yes, I'm using the same letters. Thirdly, a holistic healing. So firstly, a dark diagnosis, a promise in prescription, and a holistic, which means entire uh, healing. So let's turn to the chapter. Chapter 8, beginning at verse 4, right the way to chapter 10, so we're on the first point now, a dark diagnosis, consists of oracles. It's an old word for prophecies preached during the first half of Jehoiakim's reign. The diagnosis is a dark one, okay? Spiritual decadence everywhere and a time of hardship for Jeremiah. So bear with me in this first point. This is set in the scene. A taster of the decadence is seen at the end of chapter 7 and verse 30. Just turn a page. Look at what it says there. The children of Judah have done evil, evil in my sight. What have they done? Well, they've set their abominations. What does that mean? <laughs> Big word. Where they're using God's house for something they shouldn't. They've built the high places of Tophet, a place of human sacrifice, children, babies being murdered. We gasp, but there's something quite modern, isn't there? In verse 4, the prophet is instructed, chapter 8, verse 4, you shall say to them, so this is from God, will they fall and not rise? Will one turn away and not return? These questions should be answered with a yes, shouldn't they? Uh, but Judah's behavior, so Judah's the southern bits. Do you remember now there were two kingdoms? Judah is answering with a no. This is unnatural behavior by Judah, a people who should know better, should know better, like us in Wales who should repent, turn, who should say, sorry, God, what have we done? Sacrificing our own children. But instead, do you notice what they said? And we looked at it in our reading. Say sorry, whatever for. They willfully transgress God's law. I said this was going to be dark to begin with, okay? Jeremiah describes them in verse 6, so just go down now to verse 6, like war horses plunging into battle. You see what's happening there? I don't know if you're familiar with the charge of the light brigade. That's 
suicidal mission in the Crimean War when the soldiers just went head on into cannon fire. That's what God is saying to them here. You're just charging into battle like these horses controlled by the rider sin. Yes, that old enemy. But then in verse 7, look what happens then. We move from the battle horse to the birds of the air. So animals are being used here as pictures. What is Jeremiah God saying here? Just read verse 7 to yourselves now. Even the stork in the heavens knows her appointed times. What he's saying is that all these birds, the storks, the pigeons, the swifts, and the swallows, they abide by the laws of their nature. When we were in North Wales, I used to sit in the front of where we lived, very remote valley in the north, and exactly at a point in time, the swallows would come. At the right moment, a nest in the cavities. You see, what Jeremiah is diagnosing here, you're not being natural in one way. You're God's people. You're being unnatural, ungodly, sinful behavior. And you, my friend, if you're you're new to all this, you think, this isn't me. Well, you live your life as if there is no God, don't you? Rebelling. You see, we were made to live forever. Sin in one way is a natural behavior for those made in the image of God. We were never meant to die, you know? And you who are Christians, even when you've come to know him, sin always gets in the way, doesn't it? What is sin? Sin is when man substitutes God It's not just what we do or think or say. It's our nature. It's not teaching my son to disobey. He disobeys naturally. We gasp at chapter 8. And yet we have set gods, haven't we? Or ourselves in the house of God. The altars of our heart. Self is the God of today. My identity. My way. I'll do it my way, even in church. No. My ruin, my destruction. Look at verses 8 to 12. The diagnosis goes deeper, doesn't it? How can you say we are wise and the law of God is with us? Look, the false pen of the scribe certainly works falsehood. What does that mean? God gave them his law, didn't he? They were people of the book. (laughs) The scribes even made it known to the people. They were being taught. But to what purpose? The people were taking no notice of it. And the consequences of this covenant breaking, look at it, verses 10 to 17, very quickly. Echo in Deuteronomy, their wives go, their fields go, their peace. There's a cost, you see, to rebelling against God. There's no shame in verse 12. They drink poisoned water like those in the besieged city, and then judgment is portrayed. This is a dark diagnosis, brothers and sisters. 
I don't know if you're into art here tonight. There's a very famous painting by Pablo Picasso. Guernica, yeah? So imagine it there now. It's black and white painting. The context is that awful bombing in the Spanish Civil War on civilians. Very, very apt for our own day. Women and children are murdered. And in their midst, there's a horse um, snorting. The devilish cow seems to be trampling on the humans. War is grim. And yet, even in that painting, there's a slight echo of the cross and a flower. Hope in the dark. You see, verses 16 and 17, you've got the snorting of the horses there. And then you've got snakes in verse 17. The snakes which in the deserts of old, they would, when they were bitten, they were told to look up at that pole, you remember? And they were healed. But look what it says at the end. Vipers which cannot be charmed, and they shall bite you. Sin brings death. Sin brings death. Judgment. My friends, don't divorce yourselves from that scene. Jeremiah mourns over his people. But that's only half the story, isn't it? Let's move on to the promising prescription. At the end of verse 19, God answers the questions, doesn't he? With a question Why have they provoked me to anger? with their carved images, with foreign idols. Verse 20 seems hopeless again. Do you feel like that tonight? Is your sin too great for God? You say to me, you have no idea, boy, what you're talking about. Perhaps you're thinking this sermon has nothing to do with you. But throughout the book of Jeremiah, we learn something about God's character, that after the dark... After the end, there's hope. There's hope. The tragedy in this context is that the prescription, the promise in prescription, is so close to them. Look, look at our text, verse 22. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? <laughs> East of Jordan, you remember when saying, between the two seas, there was a place of well-being. It's not far from them. The source of balms and healing ointments. The name of the place was Gilead. Okay, so think spa. (laughs) Think well-being. A place of balsams. A place where there were physicians who could bind up wounds. So this metaphor tells us a couple of things, okay? It's a promise in prescription, my friends. Look at it. Gilead was near. Gilead was near. A place in their own land. The answer was so close to them, my friends. Did they not have God's law in their hands? Don't we have God's law? Did they not have the prophets amongst them? If they had repented... And turned, ruin may have been prevented. 
They had princes, didn't they? Who should have led them aright and sorted out those high places. They had priests. They had God's house. The very manifestation, isn't it, of God's presence on earth. They had a history, the Red Sea parting. God's people being saved. They had so much. But Gilead was not only near, it had also proven itself. What do I mean? Well, the Bahams are first mentioned back in Genesis. These are a mixed blessing, aren't they? <laughs> Do you remember when Joseph, that dreamer, was cast into the pit? Do you remember that story now? I know we're going back. The brothers eat a meal. And as they're eating their stew there in the twilight of the uh, desert wilderness, they lift up their eyes. And do you remember what they saw? I'm not going to... It's a rhetorical question. There were a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balm and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. These weren't Jews. These were Arabs going to Egypt. It was universally recognized as being the best. You see what Jeremiah is saying here, don't you? <laughs> Gilead's near. Your prescription is nearby. Gilead has proven itself. The prescription is promising. Gilead is for all. For all. And everyone uses it. The Arabs are using it. The Egyptians are using it. The Jews are using it. If there's a balm and there is a... Pardon? Amen. If there is a balm, if there is a physician, then when, why are they not healed? Because we know that there is balm in Gilead. There is a physician. So it was not because of God, but because of themselves they would not apply the balm or submit to the cure. That's why Jeremiah is crying, friends. And for you, my friends, for all of you, the balm of Gilead, the picture of life and recovery, is so near. So near. Do you remember that spiritual? There is a balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole there is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. That song, thirdly, isn't talking about some Middle East anointment, okay? It's talking about another prophet. It's talking about someone who shed his own blood. It's talking about a far greater balm a far greater physician. But it's the same problem. You see, my friends, you're as sick, if you're not a Christian here tonight, as those Judaites. Your destiny is far worse. We believe in heaven. We believe in hell. A greater Guernica awaits those who have not come to Jesus. Our land, isn't it, is already under the wrath of God. Things seem bad, and yet in the darkness, 
as you're driving aimlessly, as we were doing, through the mist, may I remind you of Gilead. No, may I remind you of a balm, a balm in Gilead. Who's the physician? This is really simple tonight now. Jesus. I let him speak for himself. The Spirit of the Lord, do you remember he walked into that synagogue? And can you imagine being there? The Jews are all sitting. It's failing. Somebody doesn't want to hear this tonight. It's all right. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. I'm not going to do my mini bother around. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. Notice this, to set at liberty them that are bruised. When history was at its darkest, when the prophets were basically gone, the sun rose, didn't it, in that darkness at the end of the Old Testament. Do you notice that verse? The sun rose with healing, with healing in its wings. And it's a holistic healing tonight, brothers and sisters. You see, to finish, his cure is rapid. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Your faith may be small, but your saviour is big. He is God himself. This cure works, just like that balm in Gilead. This cure is radical. You sinner, he gives you a new heart, does he? When you thought that you couldn't get any lower, you thought there was no hope for you, and yet he gives you a new heart. A heart of stone, he gives you now a heart of flesh. You're born again when you become a Christian and turn from your sin. And it works for a Christian too. When you're feeling a long way from him, go back to Gilead. Go back to Gilead. Go back to Gilead, for that cure is near. Your forefathers trusted. Our ancestors that we've uh, seen in our photograph albums, they died well, didn't they? What happens to you if you die tonight? Will you die well? But the best thing of all about this cure is not only that it's near, it's rapid, it works, but it's for everyone, isn't it? The Ishmaelites came to Gilead. The Egyptians bought this stuff off the camels. The Jews basked in it by all accounts. And Jesus is for all. Whoever you are, whether you were baptised like a baby, or whether this is the first time you're here this evening, if you've never heard the gospel before, you need, you need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ because his blood was shed for you, for you. Have you ever, when you look at the cross, do you remember that it wasn't just an act of kindness or an act of self-sacrifice? It was for you. It was for me. This invitation is for you. 
the balm of Gilead works. And this is not me making this up. Do you remember the words of John? The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Isn't that wonderful? Everything I've ever done, everything I've thought of or said, my whole nature is washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed tonight? The phys- and to finish, this physician, not only is the cure near, it's rapid, it's for all, it works, but this physician is a specialist. Have you thought about that? He is well acquainted with human nature. While he walked on this earth, they brought all, do you remember that lovely word? They brought all manner of ailments to him. I don't know your stories here tonight. I don't recognize all of you. But you know, when they brought people to Jesus, he did it again. And what did he do? He healed again. He healed again. He healed again. I don't know what's bothering you tonight. Whether you think you're beyond hope or whether you're just been in this chapel for years knowing that you're not right, go to him. He's the universal doctor. We come to him with our baggage. We come to him with our diseases, with our guilt, with all our shame. We come to our physician. My sin, can you say this? Oh, the bliss of that wonderful thought my sin not in part but the whole the whole is nailed to that cross and i bear it no more praise the lord can you say that tonight praise the lord O my soul is there a balm in gilead there is there is have you (laughs) Do you remember Daniel Rowlands? He was preaching the law, wasn't he? Daniel Rowlands is an old Welsh preacher, powerfully used by God, by the Holy Spirit. And he was preaching the people their sin and how they were condemned. And Philippio came to him and said, you're giving the people a nervous breakdown, Daniel. And do you remember what he said to them? Tell them of the balm of Gilead. Tell them of the balm of Gilead. And when he did, well, people just kept coming. People were converted. Lives were changed. People could sleep at night again. Hallelujah. What a saviour. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to that cross. And I bear it no more. Amen. Well, we'll conclude our service by asking you a question now have you heard the voice of Jesus softly pleading with your heart have you felt his presence glorious as he calls your soul apart it's personal you see with a love so true and loyal love divine that ever flows from a saviour righteous royal and a cross that mercy shows let's sing together 473 if you're listening at home
thank you, Lord, that the gospel is still applicable, it is still relevant, and it's still life-changing. We ask, Lord, that anyone who is not yours here tonight can come. Come unto me, said Jesus, you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Thank you for the healing that is in the true physician who through his blood, the balm of Gilead, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And now may the grace of our lovely Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you as we go on until we meet again next Sunday and forevermore. Amen.